all those who are kindergarten through fifth grade, if you would all make your way up to the front here and be ready to ready and prepared to, to go downstairs with our our uh, kids or our leaders, our teachers. If you're a visitor today, we welcome you, and we also uh, just want to. If you have a, a child with you that, that's in that age group, kindergarten through fifth grade, they want to join us, uh, they'll be going down for their lesson this morning. All right. All right. I appreciate Brian and, uh, let's see, Laban and Charlotte and Roxy who, who led us this morning in our worship. Uh, some of us are sitting there thinking, yeah, yeah, I appreciate them. Uh, there are there are some. I'm about to walk off stage. Uh, <laughs> that would make this morning so much fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, the uh, uh, the songs we sang. Some of us are going to say well, we've never sang these before, and some are saying, "Man, I remember singing these so long ago. I love these songs, right?" And and uh, I redeem. I mean, the, the song we began with that Brian, uh, the redeeming. A redeemer. I, I, I think uh, just thinking about the words of that, the key part of that, his child and forever I am. That idea of redemption being sung in the song. It, it's, it's worthy to, uh, to bring before God and say, man, we praise you for the position that we now take in Jesus. Right? Uh, another song that we sang, what was it? Uh, um, oh, for a thousand tongues, which, you know, we're gathering today. We we're not, not, might not have a thousand tongues here, but throughout this world combined, think about all those who are worshiping in one song or another, praises being lifted to a God who deserves our attention, deserves our praise, is receiving it. Yay, he leadeth me. Uh, absolutely a song that comes with an encouragement that speaks to our hearts, even those of us who are going through difficulties and hardships and, and who are walking through this life, we know those, both those things. But to be able to sing a, a song about the truth that God leads us through this life enables us, when, when the weight feels overwhelming, we have a place to turn and put our confidence in, in such a great and marvelous God. Amen? That, that, I mean, that's the message in the song. And, and also, I love Brian choosing the, the song, Holy, Holy, Holy. You know, in Revelation, there's a song that's sung before that throne that says, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And it's just repeated over and over and over again, declaring the praise of God. What, what a great conclusion, you know. Uh, of, of His holiness. Oh, and then to add a baptism today, right? Uh, isn't that great? And for Erica to share that, I, I, I appreciate it. I always say, you know, she's made our Sunday. Uh, but the truth is, every Sunday, Jesus makes our Sunday. But that just made today really special that we had the opportunity to share that Caleb and Erica both shared uh, in, our, in our service today with her baptism. Do not neglect this. Welcome her today, Okay. You might not know Erica from anything. Don't let her. I don't think Erica and, and Caleb have ever ran, bolted for the door. So everybody ought to have a chance to go up and say, man, congratulations, my name is. And I'll ask Erica if that happens, okay? Because you, you ought to be thrilled about being able to witness that today. Oh, man, that is so much fun. That, that, that is the story of grace happening right before us. Isn't that right? 
Uh, so I, I love that, and Eric has shared that with us, and, and we're so, so thrilled about that. Uh, we're in the final ser- sermon today in our series, Life After Death. Our final sermon, and, and the focus of this is going to be, you already see the subject by the title, it's, it's a focus on worship. Well, we've already entered into worship. We've been singing songs. We've been doing worship. What do I need to say about worship? But there's so much to be said about worship that I really don't have enough time. I will, I will be brief and to the point this morning. But worship is significant in the believer's life. Worship is absolutely significant in, in the believer's life. And the passage I'm about to read for you today does not say worship, but it is absolutely everything about the idea of celebrating and worshiping. It's everything to do with uh, what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. So I turn to 2 Corinthians this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to read for you 14 through 17. Actually, this whole chapter is, I always loved the whole chapter and just don't have the time to read it. In this, Paul uh, early on has identified, you know, living in this flesh and yet being identified in Jesus. Still living in the world is not easy. It is a difficult thing, and he's identifying that. He's saying, boy, this is the way it is. uh, And part of the difficulty is living in a broken and ugly world, knowing that God is a holy, righteous God, and judgment's coming. Oh, man, to us, it might seem like a weight on our shoulders. But he comes to that place of declaring who we are in Jesus. That there is no fear of that judgment when we're in Christ. Here, here's matter of fact, here's what he says in verse 14. He says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live shall no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. That's a whole mouthful, just, just in between there. But, but let me say it again, life after death. Life after death. It's been said as a paradox, but it's so understandable when we know why Jesus died. It's so that we could join him through his death to live a life on behalf of Jesus. That's us. Hey, that's worship. The life we now live is worship. Let me go on. 16, 17. So from now on, caught that part? So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Uh, Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, here's your identity. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Got that, Erica? A new creation. Got that, everybody who's received Jesus? You are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Ooh, it's right here. It's identified in Jesus. This is so important. I want you to listen. Uh, this is so intimately connected with our series, Life After Death. Uh, and, and as I stated, here, here's the theme. Life after death is a life that is compelled to worship, worship God through Jesus Christ. It, it, we are compelled. The reason we're here to worship is because there, there, there is a, a heart for God because of what he's done for us through Jesus. That is, that is worship. Matter of fact, let me, let me define worship for you. What does the word worship mean? 
uh, worth. The word worth is actually, and it, it means worthship. When we come together, what are we doing except identifying that God is worthy of our praise. God is worthy of whatever we can muster in our life or whatever we could. What can I do? What can I do to, to reveal that he is worthy? That's why I want to talk to you about worship today. What, is, what does it look like in my life? What, 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 how do I apply worship, worship, worship in my life? So uh, there, there's three lessons I, I want to simply go to this morning to talk to you about worship. Number one, we are created and recreated for worship. God has created us. From the very beginning, he created us to worship him. And we're recreated to worship him. Uh, let, let's start with the idea of being created. God, you know, in, in all creation, go to Genesis and, and it lays out all of creation. Created the planets, the stars, uh, created everything. Everything he said, boy, that is good. He came to creating humanity and there was, there was one phrase that he put in there that was unlike any, anything else. What separates us from the rest of creation is let us make man in our own image. God created you and I in his image. Uh, well, what does that mean? Well, I think maybe we see that partly taking place in the Garden of Eden. What did Adam and Eve do with God? What was their relationship like with God? He was able to walk and talk with Adam and Eve. He was able to walk. That was his idea. That was his design. That, that there would be this relationship to walking and talking. Uh, but then the, the great break took place. The great fall. Uh, uh, and, and that fall was, was sin. You know, it, it could quickly be identified because one day they're walking and talking and the next thing after their sinfulness, they are hiding from God, running from God, uh, trying to, to, to hide themselves from God, which cannot be done. A.W. Tozer said, Worship of the loving God is man's whole reason for existence. It's our reason. I mean, we worship. People worship. Everyone worships something. I, it's given in us. We put value in something. We, we, we identify with something. We, we put it in our own activities. It might even be ourselves we worship in this world. But we're created to worship Him. We're created to worship God Almighty who designed us and made us. Now, because of the fall, all throughout the Old Testament, how did God try to remedy things? Just a quick look at the Old Testament. At, at first, to bring humanity back into worship, he, he created a nation for himself. And he laid down a covenant that said, I, I will be your God and you will be my people. Well, what do we have to do? Well, you follow these laws. In order to be my people, you follow these laws. And then listen to the laws. The beginning part of it is that, hey, listen, do not have any other gods before me. I'm going to be the focus of your worship. I'm the one that you're going to say is worthy. That, that's part of the law. Don't make any idols. Don't worship any idols. Don't worship anything. Don't create something and begin to worship it. You're to put God first. This is the beginning of, of those Ten Commandments. And, and don't misuse or abuse the name of God is also part of that. You see, it was all about relationship, especially we see it in the first few items in the Ten Commandments. And the rest is also part of worship. Hey, 
part of my worship to, to God is obeying my parents, respecting my parents and not coveting my neighbor and not killing others. And, and the list goes on. All that was I, I will follow these laws in order to, you know, because I am a, a person of God. I am a worshiper of God. Well, under the law was failing. Sin continued to rule. And, and uh, uh, even his own nation continued to choose gods made out of stone and, and wood. Uh, it, it, it didn't make any sense. But God's plan all along was not to be under the law, but to be under his grace and mercy. Isn't that amazing? Uh, I know in human nature tends to think, well, I got this list at home of following God, but that's not what God has established for you and I today. Through Jesus, it's not a list on a wall. He wants your heart. <laughs> he, he wants your heart. He wants your devotion. Uh, he, he actually sent his, his son Jesus to die upon the cross in order that through his death we might become worshipers. We might be in that right relationship to where we are able to give him the worship that he deserves. As a matter of fact, he said that to the woman at the well. He said that to the woman at the well. In, in John chapter 4, verse 23, you know, in the discussion, Jesus told her, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Uh, people who worship in spirit and truth. Well, how do we attain that? Well, the very one who said that, it is through Jesus that we're able to worship in spirit and truth. Truth, first of all. You know, think about truth. Jesus came as a light into the world to bring us into a right relationship with God. He came to reveal God. What, what, what did he read? What's the truth? God loves his creation. That, that's one of the truths that, that are clearly identified in, in God sending Jesus in order for those who believe on him will, will, won't perish but have eternal life, Right? He, he displays his love through his mercy and his grace, and it's lavished upon us. Why are we worshiping? Because he has loved us through Jesus. Jesus is that truth. That gospel message is the truth. Eric shared a book with me this week as I was approaching this, and uh, the author of that book, Mike Cooper, said, and here it is. Here's the, the very simplicity of the message that we're given that we need to be reminded of every time we come to worship. And it's these things. Every week we should gather and remember that God is holy. We are sinners. And Jesus saves us from our sins. That puts it down in the, the most simple form. That's the gospel message. God is holy. We are sinners. Well, in that message alone, we are absolutely separated and, and rejected by God. There, there's no way we could be in relationship. But that last phrase is so important. And, and Jesus came to save sinners. That's what... We need to remember that every Sunday. That's what we remember when we come to the table. That's what we remember when we witness someone who's, who's gone through that baptism. It's what we remember when we sing our songs of praise and adoration towards God. It's what we come here for, to remember that He is holy. And in reality, we are sinners and not deserving. And yet He sent His Son to die for us. Those three things. Isn't that simple? 
Men, the message on, on Sunday morning that I should preach is just that. Hey, remember this. God is holy. We're sinners. And, and Jesus saved us. Let's go home. Oh, some of you would love that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Don't want the preacher to get, to get windy. Three points. Tell us what they are and we'll go home. Yeehaw. Yeah. Oh, but there's so much more to say about worship. So much more to say about worship. I, I don't want to, th- it, it is that truth that, that is clear, comes clear to us through Jesus, but it is also spirit and truth. You see, through Jesus, now the indwelling of the spirit exists within you and I through Jesus Christ. That's the promise. That's the promise. You might come to worship and you think, oh, wow, you know, this week wasn't exactly a stellar week for living for God. You know, I I had some failings in the week and things like that. But how does he look upon this body of believers? Those of us who are are, uh, living in Jesus Christ, except he has that favor upon you. He loves you tremendously. He loves your worship. And why? Because you're great singers. Woo, I heard, you know, carrying the tune. No, <laughs> it's not because you served him well this week. No. Uh, people, I want you to understand the reason God loves your gathering is because of Jesus. That he sees Jesus when he sees you. He, he, I, and he loves you so much that he sent and, and has created within us that, that, uh, overwhelming uh, sense of belonging to him and that he, we are his people and, and he is our God. It's, it's through Jesus. It's through Jesus. Second, second lesson I want to share with you this morning is every day is an opportunity to live and grow in worship. Every day. Now, when I say every day, I know in our minds we think, well, hey, we, on Sunday is when we come and enter into worship, right? Worship begins with Brian's song. I'm going to step off this stage if I'm not careful. Uh, our, uh, Brian, Brian began with a song, hey, worship has begun. And then when we're done with the, the, the prayer, hey, everybody, can, do you leave now because we're done, right? Worship is over. Well, we did our, our Sunday worship, and then we go home and we wait till next week to worship again. No, no. When we, when we call you to enter into worship, there, there is that, that, that coming together, that, that corporate worship that we look forward to on Sunday. This is the opportunity we have to sing together, to direct our attention to Jesus who deserves our praise. Absolutely. And then when, you, when the last prayer is said and we, we exit the doors, then we continue to worship scattered. We worship gathered on Sunday and scattered throughout the week. Worship doesn't cease for those in Jesus Christ. It's not a time during the week that we devote to him that we call this worship. Our lives are devoted. That is our worship. Well, we have to cut into songs all the time? No. We don't even have to be singing. It's how we live our life. Matter of fact, what we've been doing all, all since, since September is talking about our lives after our death to our sin and lives in Jesus. We've been talking about lives in Jesus. And that has all been about worship. We've talked about uh, you know, uh, the gospel message, the focus. Uh, and what brings us into worship is that very message. We've talked about uh, you, uh, the baptism and, and how that's, that's the very beginnings of, of identifying and, and beginning that life of worship. 
We've talked about the Holy Spirit. Uh, in three messages, we talked about, you know, just the, the very, uh, you know, kind of the introductory things. But Eric spoke about walking after the Spirit. Living our lives according to where, where the Spirit leads and guides us. Uh, according to, to also the gifts that he gives in, in order for us to do what? To focus our attention and to give our worship before God. We, we had guests come. You know, Kevin had the opportunity to speak about faith. And, and what was so significant about that, if you remember the old sweater thing, the grandma sweater that he, he referred to because faith isn't something that, you, boy, you can't see within a believer. It, it, it is produced in the fruit and in the works of a person's life. It, it's that faith that's active in us that is producing and, and, and becoming that, that part of worship in our lives. When faith is active, man, worship is taking place. And, and uh, Ty Zimmerman, who came and talked to us about evangelism. Oh, the worship that takes place when we're sharing the gospel message with those who don't know, with those who need to know Jesus. That's worship. Oh, every day is opportunity to worship God, whether we're at work or at school, uh, no matter where we are. It is an opportunity to live on behalf of Jesus and to worship Him. I love the coming together and gathering together to worship. But you don't end worship when you go home. It continues. It, it's found in our unity. It's found in loving one another. It's found in even the world missions, as, as was shared last week. Having God's heart in our hearts and His desires to be our desires. And that's to see that the world comes to know Jesus. And it, it, it happens whether we go ourselves or we support or we pray for those uh, who are overseas and taking that message elsewhere. All of that is worship. And we need to understand that. Finally, true worship reflects God's glory. Now, if we're doing this right if we're worshiping in a way that, that is going to be right and pleasing before God, I hope that's your desire. I want to be pleasing before God. Then, then it's going to reflect his glory. And again, it's only done through what Jesus has done. Verse 17 of our passage we read today. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It's that new creation that has the ability to be pleasing before God with our worship. Isn't that right? He's done it all for us. We are enabled to be worshipers. You are enabled to, to, to be pleasing before him uh, with, with your voice, with your actions, with your thoughts. Through the, the cleansing blood of Jesus, he has recreated us. And, and that new is here. And that's the life that we now live. Before, I, before I'm done, I, I want you to think for just a moment, who's our audience? Uh, probably the simple answer is when it, yeah, thank you, Jim. Jim, just I, the obvious is God. God is our audience when it comes to worship. God is our audience when it comes to worship. And it, and it happens whether we're together or when we're even scattered out throughout our community or in our homes. God is the one who is our audience for worship to identify, oh God, you are worthy. But there's a couple other audience, parts of audience that, that also takes place in this. And it's through the scripture. One of those parts is the, the church itself. We take in 
this worship. And, and I think it's directed through some of the things that Paul said. For instance, in Colossians 3.16, he said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. See, our focus and our worship goes before God, but what are we doing together? Speaking psalms and hymns. See, even the song, He Leads Me, is something we need to hear. You know, it's not necessarily praise to God. It leads to praising God. Why? Because, oh God, you do lead. You do strengthen. I need to be reminded of that. You see, we're part of that audience because we need that strength. We need, that, we, we need this coming together in order because now we're going to go home and, and enter into that secluded or that, that worship or even in the times when we meet together, but, but there's that worship that we're going to continue on throughout the week. This, is, this should be a time of encouragement and strength as we continue to seek to worship Him and to do that well. Amen? Isn't that right? There's another part of the, the audience that, that needs to take place as well, or, or that is taking place, I should say, that's identified in Scripture, and that's the unbeliever. He sees you going to church. <laughs> he sees you how you live. He identifies whether that, that you know, in, in, the, in the way are you, you're living your life and every day, can people identify that in that person God is worthy? They, they, they see it happening and working in your life. Maybe it's through things you say or things you do throughout the week. But in your worship, are other people's identifying that? And when we gather on Sunday morning, whether they think, wow, what a waste of time they might be thinking. But we come because he is worthy. That's our worship. Oh, God is worthy. Amen? His and, and the world around us needs to see it. And those who might step in the door uh, needs to see it as well. 1 Corinthians 14, 24, and 25, that passage that, that I used earlier concerning the very gifts that God gives us, it was for a purpose. It, it was a purpose to strengthen the body and, and to, to ultimately strengthen our, our worship of God, but also to affect those around us. In 24, it says, If an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody is prophesying, that's speaking that message from God, he will be convinced that by he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and he will be judged by all. And the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. That doesn't sound comfortable at all, and it's not. It's not a comfortable place to come and be identified, you know, clearly that you know, God is holy and I am a sinner. It says the great conclusion of that says, So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. You see, in our worship, we have the opportunity. We, we can't forget that these, this is not the focus of our worship, but there's others watching in our worship. Our motivation still is, oh God, you are worthy. But there's others who are watching, taking in who do you see that is worthy of your attention for your actions, for your words? And it includes us. We need that. We need that support and encouragement. But God is the focus of our worship. Life after death is a life compelled to worship God. Are you compelled to worship? Are you compelled to come? Is this a, can I ask you, is this just out of habit? 
And this is what mom and dad brought me to church for? Or is this because I understand that gospel message? I understand what God has done for me through Jesus. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I want to lift my praise before God because He is worthy. Oh, great. I didn't have to kill you. Good deal. I love that. It's a great, just because that, we're going to close it right now. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, let me repeat those things. Here are the truths that, that I think are so evident when it comes to worship, that God created us for this purpose, and he recreated us through Jesus. He's given us that opportunity to be reconnected him, uh, to him through Jesus. That's worthy of worship. Every day, every day of your life is worthy of, of growing in and living that worship for him expressing our praise to Him, whether in prayer, in song, or in, in the work that we do, or in our household, how we work. It, it is all worship uh, before God. True worship. True worship. When that's happening and our focus is upon God, it's going to reflect His glory. It's going to reflect His Son Jesus. It's going to reflect that that. His suffering upon the cross, but also that resurrection, that new life that's being lived in you in every day. Life after death. That's what we're living now in Jesus. Life in Jesus. Life in Jesus. It's what God has provided for us. And it is amazing. It is amazing. And worth praise given to Him every day. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. Oh, Lord, we want to be so clear about the message of why he came and why he's needed. Lord, you are holy. You are a holy and loving God. And, and Father, the, our true identity is we're sinners. And we are undeserving of your love and attention. Matter of fact, we're, we're deserving of your punishment. And yet, instead, your word has made it very clear. You chose to send Jesus to take uh, the, the, the sinfulness and the brokenness upon the cross that those who will believe and, and, and dedicate our lives uh, in, into this Savior uh, will be saved. Father, we praise you for the opportunity to live lives. Even in this difficult world, Lord, we are so dependent upon Jesus. And Lord, today our worship, we desire for our worship to reflect you and your glory. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.